young ladies. Beautiful song. And um, it sure is good to be able to be back tonight and to be able to bring the message that God has laid upon my heart. And um, I would like to call your attention. We're not going to read all of these verses, but I want to call your attention to 1 Kings 18, verse 1 down to verse 40. I'll be using different verses throughout the message tonight. The story before us is one of the most dramatic in the Old Testament. The characters are spectacular. They are Ahab, Jezebel, and the false prophets of Baal. And then we have Elijah, the man of God. Ahab was one of the most wicked kings Israel had ever known. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 30 that Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31 down to verse 33, and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. He took the wife Jezebel and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more, listen to this, he did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger that all the kings of Israel that were before him. Then Jezebel, the wife of King Ahab, portrayed as the most wicked woman in the Bible. She was a power behind the throne. Then you have the prophets of Baal in our story. They worship the fire god. And then you have Elijah, the man of God. He was one of the most remarkable characters of Israel's history. And the Bible gives us a beautiful picture of this champion of divine rights in 1 Kings 18, verse 36. He had, a, he had a consuming passion for the glory of God. The text says, let it be known this day that thou art God. He was content to be the slave of Jehovah. The text again says, let it be known that I am thy servant. He wasn't ashamed of his God. He wanted people to know that he was a servant of the living God. Then Elijah gave a challenge to these people. And before I give it to you tonight, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, I am so thankful for this week. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day that you have blessed us with. A wonderful night that we can come and hear your word again and sing your praises and fellowship with brothers and sisters. Father, use the message tonight for your honor and glory, and I'll give you the praise for what, what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Look in 1 Kings eighteen twenty four. 
Here is Elijah, the man of God, coming on the stage, and he challenged the people. He said that God that answers by fire, let him be God. Here we have two contrasting systems of worship. They cannot live together. The Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. And let me go ahead and answer, they can't. God always has a man for every crisis. God is never without his witness. There is always a Moody or a Spurgeon or a John Wilkinson uh, on the stage standing against the crisis. And uh, in this crisis, we find it was Elijah. True, he was a man of like passion with us in James 5, 17. But, but he was also a man of courage. He was a man of faith. Here he is challenging the false gods of Baal to a test of strength uh, with his God. And this challenge was a fair one because the, the God Baal, since Baal was the God of fire. But it didn't stop him. didn't stop it. The God that answereth by fire, let him be God. Was Elijah's suggestion. No objection could be raised. If the Lord be God, follow him, and if Baal, then follow him. I want you to see the significance of the fire tonight. The significance of the test by fire was not lost on the people of Israel. They could all recall occasions in their national history when God had answered by fire and knew that the fire was the manifestation of the presence of God. In the Bible, we see many examples of fire. Look in Exodus chapter 3. And verse 2, 3, and 4, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he took and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. So Moses was not a man that knew, knew nothing about fire. He knew something about the fire of the Lord. And then secondly, the presence of God on Mount Sinai was evident by fire. In Exodus 19, 18, the Bible says, And, and Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke before the Lord descended upon it in what? Fire. Thirdly, 
The presence of God in the midst of his people was symbolized by the fire which hovered over the tabernacle by night. Look in Exodus chapter 40, verse 35 down to verse 38. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud above thereon and the glory of the Lord was filled filled the tabernacle. Look in verse 38, And the cloud of the Lord upon the tabernacle by day, and fire on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journey. And then fourthly, there was a similar manifestation of the presence of God at the dedication of the temple in Second Chronicles verse seven, uh, chapter 7 and verse 1. And when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. We have seen from the Old Testament that fire is the manifestation of God's presence. But what is its meaning for us today? I want to bring the message to you, the fire of the Lord. The fire of the Lord. In the New Testament, it is a symbolic of the presence and the energy of the Holy Ghost. Announcing the ministry of Jesus, John the Baptist said, He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Matthew 3 through 11. Chapter 3, verse 11. His prophecy was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the Bible tells us that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. So we can say that the symbolism of fire in its present day application is the present and the power of the Holy Spirit. In the day of Elijah, the holy fire disappeared from the altars of Jehovah, and false fire was burning on the altars of Baal, and the glory had departed and no man could rekindle the sacred flame. But church, let me say this. The greatest lack in the life of the individual believer and of the church is the fire of God. The manifestation present and the mighty working of the Holy Spirit is a foreign doctrine to the church today. It is the absence of the fire of God which accounts for the insignificant impact the church is making on the world. The church today has all types of organizations. They have scholars in the pulpit. There are skillful techniques. And yet we are not reaching the world. Our prayers should be, Lord, let me be conscious of your presence. 
Everybody in this room should pray that prayer. God, let me be aware of your presence. Let's look in 1 Kings 18 and verse 38. The falling of the fire. 1 Kings 18:38. Then the fire of the Lord fell. But when did it fall, church? When did the fire of the Lord fall? The fire fell at a time of national apostasy. Jehovah worship was at its lowest. Baal worship had captured the field. And there was spiritual darkness everywhere. The fire fell when Elijah obeyed God without hesitation. And we will see the fire fall in our time with, when there is no hesitation. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 3, Hide thyself. So he went and he did according unto the word of the Lord. Now comes the command. Listen to it, 1 Kings 18, 1. Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. It is not difficult to appreciate how little Elijah wanted to meet Ahab, his enemy. For three years, Ahab had been seeking his life. He could not forget that it was Elijah's prayer that had closed the heaven and smitted the land with a drought. And God told him to go and see him. But before the drought could be relieved, Elijah must obey the word of the Lord. And we too must obey the word of the Lord. Elijah's obedient Obedience was just as prompt as when he was told to hide himself in 1 Kings 18.2. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. But the falling of the fire and the coming of the rain were the direct results of Elijah's uh, obedience to the facing the most wicked king of his day. Church, Listen, please listen. We will seek in vain the falling of the fire of God if there is some reserve area in our lives concerning which we refuse to obey God. It may be in the area of your prayer life. You just don't want to do it. It may be in your study time. And the study, you cannot separate the studying of the Word of God in prayer. They both go in together. And um, so your study time. It may be in your soul winning. You may just have no desire to do it anymore. It may be in your restitution. It may be in your apology. You may need to go and say I'm sorry to somebody. You may, you may need to apologize. We refuse to obey 
at our own cost. God cannot move in blessings until there has been obedience. God blesses obedience. He does not bless disobedience. The fire fell after the ruined altar had been repaired. Look in 1 Kings 18, verse 30. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The ruined altar spoke volumes. An altar is a place or a symbol of worship. In Mount Carmel, it would appear, had been a meeting place for the people of God, but the altar had fallen into disuse and disrepair, and the worship of Jehovah has ceased. Sounds like America, doesn't it? My dear brothers and my dear sisters, listen. Before the fire can fall, the altars must be rebuilt. We go into churches across America and around the world, and we just don't see the altars being used anymore. Elijah, listen to what he did. He took the 12 stones. He took 12 stones. He did not uh, recognize the division between the northern and southern kingdoms. And he rebuilt the altar. And his objection, objective, was a reunited nation with the manifested presence of God among them. The fire of God falls when there is a spiritual unity among God's people. If there is some altar in our lives which has fallen into despair, the fire will not fall until it is re-erected. We have to repair the altar. It's blessed my heart every night to see the altars here at the First Baptist full. But I want you to notice something else about this fire. The fire when the whole offering was placed upon the altar. The the fire fell. Did you hear that? The fire fell when the whole altar was placed. The whole... the offering was placed on the altar in 1 Kings 18.33. He cut the bullet in pieces, and he laid it upon the wood. The fire of God never falls on an empty altar. You need to, un- you need to write that down somewhere. Brethren, did you hear that? The fire of God never falls on an empty altar. It is easy in a moment of exaltation and high resolve to place the whole life on the altar. But the consecration has to be lived out. We must give him our whole life. We must give him our hands. We must give him our feet. We must give him our voice and our love. And it is not, it's one initial dedication. It's just laying our all upon the altar and saying, God, here I am. But we will never have revival until we do that in America. 
And I hope that you see that within this message tonight. The fire of God also, after the counterfeit had been excluded, listen to verse 33, 18 verse 33, fill four barrels with water, fill it on and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Notice he had done that three times in verse 34. And he said, do it the second time. And they did as did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And then in verse 35, the Bible says, and the water ran about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. How many of you are aware that burnt things, uh, water, soaked things, wet things, doesn't burn? How many of you know that? They just don't burn. So here is the man of God pouring all these barrels of water on this, on this sacrifice. He had already invited the Baal worshippers to come near. Verse 30, the sacrifice is soaked with water now. Even the trench is full of water. This is true faith. Most people would be pouring gas upon it and not water. But not Elijah, not the man of God. Oh, no. He poured water on it. And how many, let me ask you again, how many of you know that wet things don't burn? In wetting and soaking the sacrifice, Elijah wished to be evident that he had no alternative but God. And my dear brothers and sisters, we too need to guard against counterfeits. The substitution for our spiritual and the power of the Holy Ghost. And then the fire, fire fell after Elijah had prayed the prayer of faith. In 1 Kings 18, verse 36 and 17, listen to it. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. What a contrast between the man of God and the false prophets. Here is Elijah mocking them. And I'm not sure if I, if I had been there, I wouldn't be right there mocking them too. How about you? But no fire fell from heaven from their old angry cries. Nothing happened. Here they are cutting themselves and acting silly. But nothing happened. Nothing happened. 
So the man of God mocked them. No sooner had this simple prayer of 63 words, God answered. The prayer of faith was immediately followed by the fire of heaven falling out of heaven. The prayer of faith immediately followed by the fire from heaven. The sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, water alike offer no resistance to the heavenly fire. Elijah's prayer was answered. The supremacy of God was established. The presence and power of the true God was once again manifested among the people. The honor of both God and his servant was again seen. Listen, church, when our prayers are motivated by the desire, by, by, by godly Holy Ghost desire, this is what happened, that the Father may be glorified. We too shall see the fire fall. I don't know about you, but I would love to see the fire fall. I would love to see the fire fall tonight. The falling of the fire brought all Israel to their face. And I believe the falling of the fire will bring America back to God. But we have to have enough faith. We have to have the faith of Elijah. We have to have people like that. How about our altar? I'm not talking about this one down here. I'm talking about your personal altar. Does it need some dust and off? Does it need does it need some repairing? If it does, tonight would be a perfect night to take care of that. Amen. Amen. And only, only prayer, only prayer can bring this to pass. We have tried everything else. OEM Bounds said we don't need new methods. We don't need new techniques. We don't need new machinery. All we need to do is get upon our knees and cry out to a loving God. Amen? Amen. Let us stand, please.